born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I know that salvation is free. You hear that all the time. We're saved by grace. That means you don't earn it, you can't work for it. So what's, what's this big deal about why should I serve the Lord if I'm already going to heaven? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go. I, I can't stop it. God can't change his mind. Because he promised me what kind of life? Eternal life. And so when I trusted him as my Savior, he gave me eternal life and it lasts forever. And he paid for all of my sins, so there's nothing I can go to hell for. All my sins are paid. So a lot of people think, well, then why should you serve the Lord? Well, that's a good question. I'm not there yet. And God isn't through with my life yet. And maybe soon, but not yet. So there's something to live for. I always say if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. So I'm not working so I can be good enough to go to heaven. Now, that's already been taken care of. I'm going to heaven. And it's not because I was good or deserved it. Because God was good and he gave it to me by grace. But now that I am a child of God, God wants me to serve him here. Because he wants to bless my life. And um, he wants to reward me when I get to heaven. So sometimes we wonder, well, how long do I have to wait? Have you ever gone on a trip and you had a couple kids in the car? and Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Because if we were there yet, we'd be there. And we're not there, so we're not there yet. And they can drive you nuts. You see, we want to hurry up and get to heaven, but we don't want to leave here to get there. We want to see those rewards of whatever they are and whatever we're going to get, but uh, we don't want to leave here to get up and find out what they are. But can you be patient? Can you be faithful? Can you just take God at his word that whatever it is, it will be worth it? Now, the decision that you have to make is do you want your reward here, or do you want your reward there? And if you want it here, that means that you, um, you won't love God the way you're supposed to love God, because you, wanna, well, you want the love of the world or the praise of man, and you want it here. So look there in Galatians very quickly. I want to show you this verse. Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 26. Verse 26. Last verse of chapter 5. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another, because it's so easy to be envious of what somebody else has. Their talents or their ability, their wealth or their looks or whatever it is. 
and we become envious of them. But if you will do what God wants you to do, you never have to be envious of anybody else. Why? Because you'll be so busy and so content with what you're doing for the Lord. You see, you don't have to try to rob something from somebody else. You don't have to be desirous of vain glory. You know, empty glory. Glory that means nothing because it comes from people and people can take it away and they can give it. I um, often think about sometimes you'll hear the teachers they're having, okay, this is the Teacher of the Year Award. You ever heard that? Teacher of the Year Award? Or the Employee of the Month Award. And generally they take the time, if they got 12 employees, all 12 of them are going to get it one month after the other. Or if it's a Teacher of the Year Award, that's only as good as the quality of the person who appointed you as a Teacher of the Year Award. And that, well, they voted on you. It's like flipping the coin to see who gets to get the football first to go into uh, overtime. A lot of glory is lost and it's quick. But there is a thing called vainglory, but there's something else that God talks about. Glory that will last forever. Praise, honor that will last for eternity. So take your Bible and also look at another verse. I want you to see this verse. Look there in John chapter 12. The Gospel of John and chapter 12. This is talking about somebody who has trusted the Lord. They believed on Christ. Then they would know they have eternal life. And yet at the same time, they, um, they had a problem. Look there in verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. But, see that but? Many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. In verse 43, tells you why. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, that's a decision you're going to be making all the days of your life. Do you love the praise of man more than the praise of God? Because if you love the praise of God, but you'll have to wait on getting it. The praise of man, well, he can give it to you now. But you're going to sell out for something that's not worth getting. Because the praise that man gives you is only as good as the man who gave it. And who is he? So it's better to get it from somebody who really knows. Who really knows you. Knows what you went through. And praise, honor, and glory has to be something you deserve to get. Salvation is free. We don't deserve that. That was given to because God loved us. But praise, honor, and glory is because you love God. And nobody can make you love God. So it has to be a choice. But you've got a decision to make. Just like Paul says, all have deserted me. He says, Demas, he has loved the present world. He loved the present world. The only way you can keep serving the Lord faithfully is love the next one, not this one. And so if you'll do that, but it also shows you that here in verse 42, you can believe without confessing him. Some people say, well, you got to confess him before men. No, you don't. Because you can be saved and never confess Christ before anybody else. Now, they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So there's a decision you have to make and nobody can make it for you. Now, take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. Real quick, just take a peek over there. 
right after the book of James. And notice what it says in verse 7. Though in this life, yeah, we can know that we are going to heaven. That's mentioned in verse 4. We are saved from something, which is hell, to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So you've got a place already reserved in heaven for you. And you're kept by the power of God, so you never have to worry about your salvation. But in this life, we are in continual sorrow and heaviness. See there in verse 6, you are in heaviness through manifold testings, temptation testings. And so we're going to have all kinds of testings. And we go through them pretty much the same as everybody else does. It's just that um, we don't all go through it at exactly the same time. And maybe not to the same degree. Because God knows exactly what every one of us need at any given time. And the testings are to make us stronger. It reveals our weakness so we'll know how to correct it. That's why God lets us have all kinds of things that uh, we can't solve. We don't know the answer. And faith is born in despair, so God will let us have a lot of despair. And like I've said before, it's kind of like turning off all the lights and locking all the doors and the four walls moving in on you. And you don't know what to do and which way to turn. And you get to the place, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God's been trying to get you there for a long time. He's been wanting you to talk to him, only him. On some things. Now, sometimes we can share things with people, and sometimes nobody can bring you the comfort that you want. It's still got to have an inner peace because you know that you've talked to the Lord and you put it in His hands. But look what it says in verse 7 that the trial of your faith, that means your faith is on trial since you trusted Christ as Savior, being much more precious than of gold. Now, think about this the gold in this world, the silver, all the diamonds, and all that stuff. The trial of your faith is more precious than that. Now, we don't see it that way. And you'll never see it that way unless you see it through the eyes of God. Because, see, the testings you go through here, God is going to reward you for your faithfulness when you get there. And whatever you have there is going to be more than the gold you would have had here. But you've got to make a choice. Which one do you love the most? And if you want the praise of man here, then you won't get the praise from God there. So he says here in the last part of this verse, might be found under praise, honor, and glory. Get this. When is this going to happen? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. So when the Lord comes back for us, he takes us to heaven. We stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And God is going to reward us and to Bless us with these rewards that we have earned. So your faithfulness here and every testing that you have is working for you. Because God is going to, well, as he puts it in his word, uh, this moment that we have, this light affliction, is but for a moment. But worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. So you can't compare the two. That's why he says in the book of Romans in chapter 8 that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. In other words, what you're going to get because of your suffering here and you did it for the Lord, God says you can't compare that with what you're going to get. If you say, well, I just want everything to be fair, I don't because that's not fair. He's going to give me more than I deserve, more than what I 
put out. So you can't outgive God or outdo God. Don't even try. Just go ahead and be found faithful. Do what you can with what you got where you are, and you'd be surprised how God is going to richly bless your life. Now, you were right there in First uh, Peter, so look there in chapter 5. First Peter in chapter 5. And you'll notice there, in verse 4, chapter 5, in verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. Now, in most of these places, you'll find that it's talking about when he shall appear, when the Lord shall appear. We are not looking for the blessed tribulation period. We're looking for the blessed hope. We're looking for Jesus Christ to come at any time. And it says in verse 4, And when the chief shepherd, which, which is Christ, shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of, of what? Glory. Crown of glory that fadeth not away. That means that the crowns you get here will fade away. The crown you get there will never fade away. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 9, when he talks about us running a race, he says, well, down here you do it for a corruptible crown. But he also says we do it for an incorruptible crown. And that every man who striveth for the mastery has to be disciplined in all areas. Because you want all that God has for you. So we're serving, and God says, you don't want to be disqualified. So you have to run the race according to the rules. That's why it's important for a child of God to know what God says to do, what God says not to do, because if you don't obey the rules, then you're disqualified for the rewards. So it's important to run and to run well. Now look what he says here. This is also called sometimes the crown of glory, a crown of glory that God will give to those who are humble. This is also the humility crown. In other words, because you submitted yourself to the will of God, God wants to honor you because of that. It means that you have a will, and God has a will, and you will submit your will to his will and humble yourself, and that means you don't go through life fighting God, trying, trying to twist God's arm. Or when God closes the door, you don't get a sledgehammer and try to break it down. Because if God wants you to go through a door, he can open the door. And if God closes the door, he says he can close the door and nobody can open it. So there's opportunities that God can give to us that nobody else can give to us. But opportunities are on wheels. And only a person who is prepared can take advantage of an opportunity. Because opportunities are rolling your way and they're going to keep on a rolling. We used to sing that song. Years and years ago, I heard a song. Standing on the corner watching all the... Who? Who said that? Who knew that song? Oh, now we're finding out. Watching all the girls go by. I'm glad I didn't know that song. But what if you stand on the corner and watch the world go by? It will. It'll just go by. And only those who are prepared can take advantage of those girls. I mean, the world that goes by. <laughs> Sometimes I get my tongue in front of my eye teeth and can't see what I'm saying. Stay out of this. <laughs> All right, take your Bible and turn to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. It's important that you know that there is such a thing as these rewards. Remember, salvation, 
free. Christ paid our way. Now, what I have when I get to heaven depends upon what I do for the Lord. So some Christians are going to just waste their life. And they don't think, well, no big deal. Who cares? As long as they got their little pinkies inside the pearly gates, that's all that matters. No, there's a lot more. It's a lot more than just going to heaven. It's having God that created the heavens and the earth. Knowing what you went through on planet earth and you did it for him. And God says, I want to honor you. I want to praise you in front of everybody. I want to give you glory that you, it'll blow you away. But because we can't see and we have nothing in this world to compare it with. We're just going to have to trust the Lord that it'll be worth it. Remember that song, It Will Be Worth It All? We sing it, but do you really believe it will be worth it all? It'll be worth it all. Now, here in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, you'll notice there's a, a couple of verses here. Look in verse 17. I referred to it just a moment ago, but I like to refresh your minds every once in a while. This is so important. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, these people that are having surgeries, yours truly having surgeries, and a lot of other people had surgeries. If you just look at a man's life, even if it's 70, 80, 90, 100, it's only a light moment. It's just for a little small period of time. Because when you compare 100 years in the light of eternity, what is it? It's nothing. And yet in this little moment of time that we have to live, we can waste it or invest it. But if you invest it into this world, yes, you can get some money on this and on that and stocks and blah, 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 and have a lot of wealth. And when you die, you leave, leave all. Or you can lay up treasure in heaven. And therefore, the things that you go through, the sacrifices that you make will all be worth it when you get to heaven. If you can believe God and trust him, and be patient and wait, it will be worth it. So you see there in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. In other words, these opportunities, these afflictions are opportunities for you. They work for you. But if you don't understand that, you'll curse the problems that you have. Said, I just wish I didn't have all these problems. Why? The only place you can be without problems is heaven. Are you ready to go? If you want to stay here, well, you're going to have to suffer while you're here. Because that's just the, uh, the nature of this game. We live in a sinful body, and that's going to give you problems. And you've got a, you got a wife, that's going to give you problems. You've got a husband, that's going to give you problems. You've got kids, that's going to be problems. Grandkids, they're going to be problems. Job, that's problems. Money, that's going to be problems. No money, that could be a problem. Good health, bad health, everything can be a problem. I can be a problem to you. You can be a problem to me. There's no end to these problems. And God knows every problem. And he says, now, these things work for your advantage. If you know how to take advantage of every problem that you have, you can move on to some bigger problems. Isn't that wonderful? Greater opportunities. And God wants to bless it. Now look what he says. In the last part of verse 17. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Glory. Eternal weight of glory. In other words, it never ends. 
What you invest now will profit you for eternity. You just haven't seen what it is yet. I don't know all what it is. I don't really care what it is. But if God says that this is going to blow your mind, I believe it's going to blow my mind. It can't be compared. You can't even, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of him the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Yea, the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So we have some knowledge that it's going to happen, and God says when it's going to happen is when he appears. That's why the Bible says we will disappear here and appear there. We're going to disappear here and appear there. Because he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So we're going to be gone and appear when he appears for us. Now, look in verse 18. While we look, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now, notice this. In verse 16, it says, for which cause we faint not. We, that's the believers. That means we don't quit just because it gets hard. It gets difficult. It gets rough. You say, well, you just don't know what I've been through. Okay, let's just take a quick look. Look there in verse 8. And this is the Apostle Paul, and this is what he had to say about his Christian life. You want to find a good definition of what the Christian life is really all about. (laughs) Here it is. We are troubled on every side. But don't you want to really live the Christian life? This is the trouble on every side. But he didn't quit. We faint not means we didn't quit. But we had this, but we didn't quit. And we are perplexed, but we didn't quit. And verse 9, persecuted, but we didn't quit. And cast down, but we didn't quit. And he says the reason, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, as we went through all these troubles, we always kept in mind what Christ went through for us. And we looked into eternity and saw that it is worth it. And this light affliction that we're going through, of the persecutions that they had. He says in verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. For the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our, you ought to underline these two words, mortal flesh. See, that word is also referred back to verse 7 when it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Remember this morning I was talking about these uh, jars. (laughs) We're jars of mud. We're just jars. But we got a great message inside of this body, this treasure of knowing the truth, knowing the gospel. And so, therefore, God has to get the credit and not us. And so he says here, as you go down through here and you read all of this, there's a reason why they didn't quit. Now, look in chapter 4, look in verse 1. And verse 1 says, therefore, sin, we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, as we have received mercy because of what God did for us, we faint not. We don't quit. We keep serving the Lord because we know that this life is temporary. Everybody's got problems. And some people want to build and lead their whole life is nothing but trying to help people solve their problems without getting them to the Lord. People are always going to have problems. 
And sometimes you don't have anybody by solving their problems without talking to them about the Lord on where you're going to go when you die. If I have to counsel somebody, <laughs> they got all kinds of problems. First thing I want to know is, do you know where you're going when you die? You say, well, that has nothing to do with their problem. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. They're always going to have problems. But they may not talk to anybody that wants to talk about their real problem. The real problem is, do you know for certain you have eternal life? Do you know where you're going when you die? And if I can get a person to trust Christ as Savior, then God becomes their father. and They become God's child. Now, who can help them better with their problems? Me or God? Now they got God. And they got the Holy Spirit living within them. They've got the best counselor in all the world living inside of them. They may come to see me once, maybe twice, three times, but I can't walk through life holding their hand. But Jesus can. Look up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God says that he loves us. He hates our sin. And for you and I to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. Because heaven is perfect. God is perfect. And we have to be perfect to go into heaven. But we can't because of sin. And God will not allow us into heaven. So how can God get rid of the sin? Remember, the sin is not just the sin that I commit. It's the sin nature that's within me. I could take this away and I still can't get in. Because you see, the sin nature is still inside of me. I committed this because I am a sinner. So God has to give me a new birth. Not change me. Not change me. Not sending me to church and do all our good deeds. God has to give me a new birth. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world. He has no sin. No sin nature. So he has no sin. But Christ, because he loves us and he hates our sin, it says that he hates it because it separates us from him. So what Christ did for us, he took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said, if we would believe it, he would give us his righteousness. And if God gave me his righteousness, then I would be as righteous as God. Can I go to heaven if I'm as righteous as God? Why, yes. That's a righteousness that God gives to me by faith in what he did for me. And God says, once you trust him, he'll never cast you out and never lose you. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right now, why not just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I don't understand it all, but I know that I've done things wrong. I believe that Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him this morning as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense, would you say, yes, Lord, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And friend, by doing that, God will give you eternal life as a free gift. And he'll never cast you out and never lose you. And you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you believe it? Would you trust him? If you will, would you slip your hand up very quickly and say, pray for me. I'll trust Christ as my Savior this morning. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Is there anyone at all before we close? If you've already trusted Christ as your Savior... Do you see the responsibility? How that all of us as God's children are responsible to preach the gospel. One way or another, find a way. Find a way. 
because one day we'll all stand before the Lord and give an account of ourselves. I won't be judging you. You won't be judging me. We all have our own Heavenly Father, and we'll stand before Him. And you don't want to be ashamed before Him at His coming. Our Father, we ask your blessings upon each one here. Ask Father your protection because we're living in a sinful world. And the devil would like us to do everything in the world but talk to people about their soul. And help us to have the confidence and the boldness that we need. And use us for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.